Welcome to Women Worth Knowing, the new title for the podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut. Women Worth Knowing is not affiliated, associated, authorized, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with the website Women You Should Know. Hello and welcome to this podcast. This is actually number three. Yes. <laughs> and I'm Cheryl Broderson and my co-host is Jasmine Allnut. And every week what we want to bring to you is Christian women that we think you should know. Mm-hmm. You should know about them. You should know their stories. And personally, we find their stories so inspirational. Yes. Like, We have a friend in England named Joni, and she Mm -hmm. once said to me, I read missionary biographies to feel like a wimp. (laughs) It's true. It is so true because they, I mean, there's just something about seeing these people and just the the, the faith that they had, the confidence that they had in God Mm -hmm. that just kind of, I don't know. I know for me, it's a kind of a correctional tool the Lord can use to get my eyes back on him. Like, hey, I'm the same God. That's you know, right. that helped them. I can help you. I'm here for you, too. You know, and I get really inspired to pray more and even kind mm. of directed how to pray. Yes. To take the promises. Like you see so many of these missionaries, they mm. take God at his word. Yes, exactly. And they live it out. And you're like, oh, it works. Yeah. <laughs> so can that I do that, too? happened. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which absolutely. is really exciting. So today, as mm-hmm. I promised you, I want to talk about Jenny Mitchell. Yay. And this is someone that you should know, Jasmine. It is. Yes. I would love to know about her. I I actually, yeah, I'm looking forward to just hearing you go for it. That's here. right. My information is coming from a book called Jenny, The Song of a Meadowlark. Mm. And it was written by her daughter and her grandson. So Robert Bryant mm. Mitchell and Marietta Mitchell Smith. It's a great book. I remember reading this for the first time about maybe 25 years ago okay, and loving it. It's just oh. so great. Now, Mother Mitchell is well known to me. Because That's her name, Mother Mitchell. Mother Mitchell is what she was called. Okay. Yeah, no nouns. Very good. Yeah. Because my dad absolutely adored her. Her hmm. name was Jenny Mitchell, but called Mother Mitchell. And when I met her, she was this older woman, a little eccentric, I'll <laughs> be very honest, and she always walked around with a corsage. On, yes, a corsage that was pinned Live. on her. Live flowers. Not always. If she couldn't find live flowers, still plastic would do. Okay. (laughs) But she said she always wanted to be ready to meet Jesus at any moment. And she was one of the most engaging women to listen Mm. to. And she lived to be 93 and she died in Ethiopia. And she went there at 93 because she wanted to minister one last time. And while she was there, she was teaching children about Jesus. Isn't that? Oh, I love it. That's like Caleb and Joshua. I can take that mountain. I don't care how old I am. I love that, that kind of faith. Exactly. And, you know, again, when I was a young girl, my dad had Jenny Mitchell come and Mm. speak to all the hippies. And it was when the church was on Sunflower and Grinfield, that he had her come and mm. minister. And I still remember her sitting on the stage, uh, needing help to get up there with wow. her corsage and teaching all of these hippies about Jesus. And she was so excited. So mm. when my dad was a young man in college, he went to Life Bible College up in L.A., 
not too far from Life Bible College near Sunset Boulevard was this house. It was about 15 miles from the ocean, not too far from Echo Park. That was where the Goyi Fellowship or Goyi Ministries were. And, and they, is that the, that's what she founded? This is her Her and her husband founded Goyi Ministries. Okay. And what happened there is, well, at first it was their house. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But mm. what they did is when my dad was in college, which would have been 1940s, mm. right around the like end the of World War II, the, okay. mm-hmm, they invited all the college students to come to their house. And they created this yard, which was like a meditative garden. Mm. And they filled it with scripture plaques because her husband, Hubert, used to make scripture plaques. And some of those Scripture plaques that look very Art Deco because mm. they're from the 1920s yeah, and 30s. Yeah, sure. Those were made by Hubert. Wow. And he not only did them in English, but he did them in every language. And Hubert was her husband. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I just want to tell you my background to knowing Mother Mitchell. Right. So my dad would go to those gardens and he would pray and seek the Lord. Mm. Once a week, they would have a missionary come in from somewhere around the world. And they would talk to any students who wanted to hear about their adventures for Jesus. Mm, and so what neat. God was doing in different parts of the world. Now, was there a denomination they were involved with, or was it just non They were super interdenominational. Awesome. So there might be Methodists, right. there might be Pentecostals, there might be Presbyterians. Okay. They kind of included all of those. In fact, Excellent. Jenny and her husband had started out in the Methodist church. They had gone to Angelus Temple, hmm. and then they had gone to a Presbyterian church, okay. as well as interdenominational okay. churches. And when they established Goyi Fellowships, they made it interdenominational. So Sweet. my father, at one point, would go there, and he gets so inspired by the missionary stories. Mm. So when I was growing up, he told me about missionaries were actually relatives of Jenny Mitchell. Oh, wow. And they were ones he had learned when he sat there and listened to some of these missionaries. And they invited mm. any missionary who was in town to come to the oh, Goyi Fellowship. Sweet. And they'd also give them housing. So. That's how I knew her. I remembered her speaking at Calvary. I remember my dad talking just so reverently and respectfully Mm. about her. And even on one occasion, he hired two buses, two school buses, (laughs) to drive what we call the hippies Mm -hmm. that were at Calvary Chapel then all the way up to Mother Mitchell's house. And I remember Love Song (laughs) played, and Mother Mitchell spoke to all of us. And she was in a wheelchair at that point because she would have a a hip problem that would flare up and go away. So when Throughout her life or well, throughout her older life. Older yes, life, yeah. her older okay. life, I would say from her seventies on. Mm. So now in eighteen eighty five, Jenny mm. Mitchell was born on the prairie in Nebraska. Ooh. And get this, her father was a horse thief. Oh, whoa. So her mother (laughs) had been from Vermont and had come from a very conservative family Mm. where there was a spiritual upbringing. Mm. But her mother, Marietta, kind of forsook that in order to marry Mr. Clay, Jenny's dad, who was a little bit obviously on the wild side. Yeah. So he claimed to trade horses, but what he was doing in reality was stealing horses. Did did she not know that? Well, she found out at four because, so they lived in a sod house. They came to their sod house that was on the prairie Hmm. and they arrested her father and there was quite a gang of men, about 20, and they came to arrest the father and they took him off to hang him, but he had a knife in his pocket. And when it got oh dark, he he cut himself free, came back to the family, said, 
I'll see you later. And so then he moved to Kansas, and as soon as he felt established there, started the horse trading business again. He invited his family out to Kansas, and Kansas turned out to be a terrible experience. So they went from Kansas, they went to Colorado, they ended up selling everything that they owned, Hmm. everything, and they took a train, and the train was so exciting. It was the first time Jenny had ever been on a train, and they ended up moving to L.A., Hmm. And the mom loved L.A. The father worked, but then he didn't work. And after a while, he actually left the whole family in Mm, L.A. But by this time, Jenny had gotten her education. She was a school teacher. Hmm. And her mother would take in laundry and boarders. And that's how they managed to survive. Jenny had two brothers and two sisters by this time. Is she the oldest? She's the youngest. She's the baby. baby. Good question. (laughs) But during this time... Her mother, because of the father and because of his Mm. lawlessness, she had started seeking the Lord again. Hmm, And she had come back to the Lord. And then Jenny Mitchell's oldest sister, Nellie, who loved Jenny and kind of took care of her, she had gone to a tent revival meeting. Hmm. And when they gave the invitation to receive Jesus, she had gone forward. And from that moment on, she walked with Jesus with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hmm. So the family moves out to L.A. Nellie gets married. Jenny's other sister gets married. Her one brother, they they move. And so Jenny's just there with her mother now. And Hmm. she starts going to a Methodist church. And there she meets this couple. And they're Andrew and Sadie Mitchell. And Hmm. Sadie Mitchell is probably the godliest woman that Jenny had ever seen. Just loved her. And she loved her bearing. And she she just loved this woman, felt very attracted to this couple. And Sadie one day looked at Jenny and she said, Jenny, you don't look happy. What's going on? Hmm. And Jenny said, I don't know that I really know the Lord. I haven't been able to tell anyone and I'm you know, doing all these works. And Sadie Hmm. said, Jenny, I've been praying for you because I saw that and I thought that might be the case. So I've been praying for you. So Sadie talks to Jenny about how to really dedicate her life to the Lord. And so Jenny dedicates her life to the Lord at that point, and she's mm-hmm. going to the same church, so this cool. Methodist church, that Andrew and Sadie are going to. And how old is she at this point? Is she, so she's, she's in her 20s? She's in her 20s, okay, right. Okay. And so in the meantime, a little bit about Hubert, Hubert Mitchell and Sadie. So Hubert was born in Canada. And Mm. crazy enough, his mother died, his father remarried, and there were four children. His father remarries. And then his father dies, and they're all left to the keeping of this woman who's only five feet tall. Oh, wow. And now she's raising, I think it was six children all by herself and doing whatever (laughs) she can. And people urged this woman, you know, give the children away. They're too much for you. And she said, never, never. Mm. And she loved the Lord, and she decided she was going to give them a godly upbringing. So to make a a long story short, they all survived by the grace of God. I mean, God fed them and clothed them in all these miraculous ways. So Hubert grew up just knowing how good the Lord was. Mm. But He had gotten away from the Lord, and he had developed tuberculosis. And he was living in Denver at this time. He was an incredibly gifted artist. In fact, uh, Del Monte, the company, that little logo that they have— Uh, that looks kind of like a crown around Del Monte. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who designed that. So Ooh. he was a graphic artist. Funny way back when. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and quite a lot of you know, some of the companies that go back to that day. Oh, sure. Day, to he, that era. He designed their logos. Oh, that's so cool. Like so anyway, right. So he gets tuberculosis and he's sure that he's going to die. He just 
uh, no oh. city's going to die. That's what yeah, actually, back then, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's actually what moves him to Denver. And that's what oh. his mother had died of. He had a sister that died of. Wow. So he's, you know, pretty sure this is going to take him. Mm. And somebody challenges him to pray for a healing. And his stepmother had told him, Hubert, you're going to move to Colorado and God is going to heal you there. So as he's on the street, he said, God, you know, here I am. I can't do anything with my life. I can't do anything about this. Heal me. Mm. And right then he felt like a lightning bolt going through his body. And where he hadn't been able to breathe and his throat had been tight, all of a sudden he was instantly healed. He was healed. Wow. He could breathe. Wow. There was no more coughing up blood. And from that moment on, Incredible. he decided he was going to proclaim the name of the Lord. He ends up going and joining the choir at church. He meets Sadie, who becomes his wife. Sadie and he, they get married, and then they move out to California. Mm-hmm. They join the Methodist church, and they have four children. Well, after Sadie had her fourth child, a little girl named Jean, mm. she became very sick, mm. and she had a goiter problem and other things, Ooh. and she began to deteriorate fast, and she ended up dying when she was only 48 years old. Oh, sad. So now Hubert is, he's 42, I believe, oh, at the time. Than, he's younger than she younger is. Man, right. Yes, typical. <laughs> typical of that time. She might have, yeah, I think she was 48. I think she was five years older than he was, or 47. So at the time... He's not interested in getting remarried, but at the Hmm. same time, uh, her mother died. Jenny's mother died, and Jenny said, Lord, I'm tired of living alone. Hmm. I would like somebody, but if that's not in your plan, then don't worry about it. But if it is, let me know. Sweet. She's still in her 20s. She's 34 at this time. Oh, she's 30s. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she's walking down the street, and she walks past Hubert, and just something in her just kind of like, hmm. And she (laughs) says, Lord, if this is your will— If I turn around to look at him, have him turn around to look at me. So she walks about 10 paces past him, and she turns around to look at him, and he turns around to look Uh, at her. And both of them felt something in their spirits at that moment. Now, Sadie had been a beautiful woman, beautiful, Mm. very classy. Jenny had been raised on the prairie, right? With a (laughs) horse-thieving father. And even her grammar and English were just a little colorful. And she loved to teach children. So to make a long story short, she ends up, well, let me just say this story. So Hubert is thinking about Jenny Mitchell, hasn't even asked her out, but he says to his children, uh, to his youngest daughter, Jean, what would you think if I remarried? Jean is six years old at this Mm. time. And she says, "Mm, you know, that would be okay. And he said, Jean says, who are you thinking of? And he says, I'm thinking of Jenny Mitchell. She said, oh, that would be great. And she throws her arms around him and hugs him and then she's off. So he marries Jenny Mitchell. Well, Jenny had the idea that she needed to win the affection of these children. She couldn't Mm -hmm. just come in and say, I'm your new mother. But she wanted to win their affection by praying for them and Mm -hmm. listening to them, really being an advocate for them. And they all fell in love with Jenny, and she won all of their respect. But Jenny was very colorful. Like, she'd play hockey, street hockey with them out oh, the, love it. in the street and get broomsticks for them in a tin can, and she was part of all of the action. <laughs> but in the meantime, she and Hubert were just feeling their hearts being called more and more mm-hmm. into ministry. About this time, Amy Simple McPherson started the uh, Los oh, Angeles yeah. Temple, and they started going to that, and they loved the enthusiasm and the mm-hmm. passion and the plays. And so Hubert wanted to use his gift of art for the Lord. So he began to design these gospel tracks with his drawings and at the same time make plaques with scriptures. 
And he began to think about illustrating sermons, like mm. how he could illustrate on a easel at the same time he was teaching. Oh, that's and yeah, uh, an opportunity came up for him to go to Biola. Biola had just been opened up, uh-huh. and so he and Jenny decided to get their second degrees from Biola. So, wait, are we talking nineteen fifties now? Where, where are we at here? We're in the forties. Forties still? still. Yeah. Okay, we're in the forties. Yeah. Right. So Hubert goes okay. to Biola. Jenny goes to Biola. They both go wow. to Biola College, and they graduate, and they start teaching classes at Angelus Temple, and then they end up going to a different church with a man named Paul Radar, who had come from Moody. And so they start going to that church, and they're growing, and they're both getting mm-hmm. very involved. Jenny taught Sunday school, and I will say this to men and women. She taught Sunday Ooh. school. I know scandalous. <laughs> and just everybody loved her colorful messages because she could just relate it to right where you were at. I and yeah. everybody wanted to hear Jenny Mitchell share and speak. And that's so cool that it's just you see how the Lord puts people together. She's colorful in her the way she shares, and he's colorful as an artist. And that's it's right. It's just so neat how the Lord would pair them like that. Exactly. He's just, yeah. Well, then they started, uh, Jenny one day just got this heart for the mission field, and she had like five couples in her class mm. and she they had started go ye fellowship but she thought wow we need a go ye ministry we need to by faith start launching and sending couples out into the mission field mm. so she opened up i can't remember what it was whether it was a book or her bible and she put a penny in and she said here's the first penny to send our first couple on the mission field and so she used all her resources she started a radio show and she would use the radio show asking for donations to send these couples into the mission field and they began Hmm. to launch one couple after another couple into the mission field where where did the first one go where did you Uh i'm trying to remember (laughs) if i if i'm right it might have been um I'm thinking Indonesia. Ooh. But they they began. Interesting. Okay. Oh, I forgot this part, too. <laughs> Herbert played the harp. All of his children were musical because Sadie had been musical, wow. and Jenny could not sing on key. Oh, dear. So it was really an interesting <laughs> pair of okay. the two of them. And The he, one area that they weren't yes. quite. Yeah. And he was very slight and tiny, and she was very big-boned. But really? they had a super happy marriage. That's so cute. Okay. And just adored each other. But Ginny, as I said, was colorful, and she would pray for these missionaries, not only collect the finances for them, but she would pray for these missionaries. And she was known for going around her house every morning, opening the curtains while she prayed, and saying, all hell out! And all heaven in. <laughs> and she just had this really it. colorful way of praying. And she would write hallelujah on uh, little pieces of paper or scriptures and just stick them all over the house for people to find them and the children to find the scriptures. <laughs> just making serving the Lord so fun, fun. because yeah. she believed serving the Lord was just wonderful and mm. fun. And everyone should experience the joy of serving the mm. Lord. And she said, we've got tough competition. The devil is trying to make those things that will captivate and hurt you like they're fun when we really have the corner on joy. So she would bring out all of this this joy. So one thing I really love about Jenny Mitchell is it was her children, her stepchildren that were some of the first to go out on the mission field Hmm. and to send them out on the mission field because it's one thing to uh, you know say yes you know go on the mission field that's wonderful but it's another when it's at a cost to yourself and it's Absolutely. your children going out onto the mission field but then she and Hubert begin to visit and they would make all these trips around the world hmm. visiting all these different missionaries 
At one point, they were visiting her daughter, Esther, and her husband, who were serving in uh, Nairobi. And it was a very dark place where they were serving, because they weren't serving in the capital, but in this village. Mm. And, for instance, it tells the story of how that they had to, like, shoo away all the flies from the marketplace just so she can see the piece of meat that she's going to buy to take home. Yeah, it's, wow. Just everything (laughs) that it was, it was really hard. And one day she was just falling apart, and she said, you know... The daughter. The daughter was falling apart to her mother, and she said, Mom, I can't do this. I, I just absolutely can't do this any longer. Mm. And she expected condemnation, but her mother had never been one to condemn or Mm. to reprove or rebuke. Instead, she just took her daughter's hand. She said, oh, darling, you only need a willing heart. That's all he's asking for, just a willing heart. Mm. And so she prayed for her daughter just for a willing heart. Mm. And from that day forward, God began to change Esther's heart to a willing heart. Mm. And she began to embrace and actually love the place that she lived and continued to minister uh, for years. I love that. So simple. Yeah. And and so this book is filled with all sorts of these Mm. wonderful antidotes of a Ginny's story and how the Lord came through. But this Mm. is the part you're really going to like. When (laughs) Hubert was in his 80s, Ginny was eight years younger than he was. And she was in her 70s. They decided that the Lord was calling them to Brazil. Oh, my gosh. So they actually (laughs) moved to Brazil. And they never actually lived anywhere else. They just were visiting missionaries They'd up to this point. They only visit, but they went everywhere. I mean, right, they right, went right. to Japan. They went to, and wondrous things happened to them every place they go. She right. tells a story about in Japan where they decided to do this meeting and, you know, ask all these people to come. You know, anyone could come. And in steps this Korean woman who's demon-possessed, and she starts just causing problems and a ruckus in the service. And so they bring her to Ginny Mitchell, Hubert, like, okay, you know, cast it out. Oh, my goodness. And they had never done an exorcism in their life. And (laughs) Ginny didn't know what she was supposed to do, but she knew the Lord. Yes. And so she started, she had the whole church, and she said, if you have any sin in this church, start renouncing it. We need need the power Hmm, of God coming in. So she had all the people praying. And then she went up to this woman and she said, you have to renounce all the demons and you Mm. have to. I know you're in there. I know you can hear me. I want you to call out to Jesus. And this ordeal went on for, I think, a couple of hours. And so finally, the girl said, Jesus, Jesus, I want Jesus. Mm. From that moment, she became pacified. Before that, she was trying to beat up Jenny Mitchell. She was trying to, she was spitting at her, all sorts of things and had to be restrained. After that moment, she became docile and kind. Years later, Mm. they got a letter from this woman that she was involved in ministry. How good the Lord was, how that had never returned, and that had become her testimony of what God did for her. So there's all sorts of stories like this. And, you know, what you see, too, is that Ginny and Hubert didn't exactly know what they were doing or where Mm -hmm. they were going. They just kind of sought the Lord on what to do. And Mm -hmm. I would say the overarching theme of their life was to love people with the love of Jesus. Yeah, They believed that love would be the attraction, never Mm -hmm. to condemn what they were doing. But this one time, Ginny Mitchell sees all these men in line in Japan. They're all young soldiers in this long line to go into these prostitutes. And she was like, I can't take this. Yeah. Hubert, I've got to go talk to them. And they're all like, okay. Oh. So Ginny goes and she stands in front of each one of the men and she just says, young man, do you think your mother or your sister or maybe your wife would approve of this? Do you think this would be pleasing? And do you realize that some of those 
girls in there are only 12 and 13 years old.、Hmm. Do you really want to do this? And she just starts sharing Jesus with this whole line. Oh, I love it. Some of them just put their heads down and just and walk away. Walk away. <laughs> a few went in. She said, not、yeah. always a win. Some were lost. Yeah. But just that boldness to、hmm. go and address. And she、hmm. loved children. Wherever she saw a gang of children, she had just to go talk to them about、that. Jesus. It's just that, that verse, you know, where Paul says, the love of Christ constrains me. She's just、exactly. compelled. She There's was. There's nothing she could do. I have to go do this. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? Because early on, she had all this condemnation when she was in her 20s that she wasn't sharing Jesus, that she was afraid to tell、wow. Je- talk about Jesus,、um, that she didn't know if she could tell Jesus. So this had been like a change in her, something、wow. that the Lord had done, which、mm. I find really exciting because I think of how many people have been condemned. Like, I'm not witnessing enough. Yes, I'm not sharing、absolutely. enough. But, you know, as she grew in Christ, So did that desire and that all constraining、mm. feeling. And there's something about becoming so saturated with the Word of God that it has to spill over. Yes, you, absolutely. You can't resist、yeah. it any longer. And I love that. It's natural. It's not because that's when we put a burden on ourselves to go do something. It's just so different than when the Lord just naturally draws us to His heart、that's、that、right. all men be saved. So He's going to draw us in that direction. It's so neat. I、yeah. love that. So they so, came oh, back they Brazil. on furlough from、right. Brazil. They came. And while he was in Brazil, he decided. That wherever he was, he would make those plaques,、um, those Christian plaques, in the language of the people、uh, mm-hmm. that he was or the nation. So when he was in Pakistan, he made all these plaques, these scripture plaques in that language. And what Urdu, happened yeah. was, yeah, what is it? Is it Urdu? Urdu. He、okay. made them all in Urdu. And what happened is the people, even non believers, loved the way they looked.、Mm, so they、yeah. would buy them. But he said, you can only put this up in your house if you take away.、Um, The idols to other gods. So they would remove the idols and the、oh, pictures、wow. to other gods and they would put up these plaques, which were scriptures, because Ginny <laughs> and Hubert believed that the word of God would not return void. So、hmm. if they could just get the word in these houses, God would do the rest.、Amen. So they did the same thing in Brazil. They were doing them in Portuguese and in point, their 80s and 70s. That's their, crazy.、Right. Or he was 80. He、yeah. was in his 80s, right?、That、so is... they come back. Her sister went with them, Nellie, and she's in her 80s by this time. <laughs> and Nellie kept having strokes. But wouldn't stop working、oh、and making the plaques. She was in charge of you know, doing the molds and everything after he designed them. <laughs> so they end up coming back on a furlough, and Hubert、um, really takes ill. He's about 85 at this mm, point. Okay. And he ends up Being in the hospital, even while he's in the hospital, he's sharing Jesus、hmm. with whoever he can. And what they said about Hubert is even though his body was getting old, his, his hands were so young. And so this nurse came in to take care of him. His son was there and he said, Look, the nurse commented, his hands look so young. And he picked up those hands and he said, These hands have drawn pictures. And he just talked about all the things that those hands had done、wow. and was able to pray with this woman. Oh, I love it. And so incredible, even to the end.、Mm-hmm. And then、um, Jenny Mitchell, as I said before, after Hubert died, she decided to spend the rest of her life just traveling and telling people、mm. about Jesus. And so when she was 93 years old, <laughs> she went to Nairobi. To visit her daughter, I think it was Esther, to stay yeah, with Esther、really. again. And so there, she really overdid herself, but she saw a group、mm. of children. She said, I, you know, somebody help me. I've got to go. She couldn't, yeah, help I've herself. I've got to go take care of those children. <laughs> so she went out there and shared Jesus with those children. But at one point, she became 
unable to eat, and they took her to the hospital, and then they brought her home, and mm. uh, she went to be with with Jesus. Mm. Which, but they said up until two days before she died, she was still joking and having fun <laughs> with them until the day that she died. But just such a joy, and so she was buried wow. in her corsage in a grave in Africa, which was her wow. desire and her wish to be buried on the mission field. Beautiful. Wow. So Ginny Mitchell is definitely a woman that you should know. And And I'm glad I do. Thank you. Yeah. So if you can find the book, Ginny, The Song of the Meadowlark, Mm -hmm. it's a fantastic. And there are so many, like, look at all these. Is that Amazon or bookstores? Anywhere. Amazon, right. But I've left out so many. Oh, yeah. I had all these things. I know. It's so good. Well, (laughs) these are mine. The white ones are mine. And the rest are Kathy Gilbert's because I borrowed this from Kathy Gilbert. Oh, okay. Yep. (laughs) Because I think my book like this is at the uh, library, the women's library that we have here Oh, at I'm going to go rescue that guy. And, I know. Yeah. And read it. It's so good. <laughs> Excellent. So this is it for this session. Yes. All right. It was on Ginny Mitchell. Also so from Ginny Mitchell, um, maybe you know Jay Smith, the uh, Christian apologist. That was one of her great-grandchildren. And um, Wow, the legacy continues. Right. Arlita Winston. Quite a few people have come from this legacy that you wow. know of the ministry. Oh, her son gave the music to He Giveth More Grace. Really? Yes. So oh, lots of things. So, so cool. I just want to thank everyone for joining mm. us on this podcast yeah. to get to know Jenny Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be back next week with another woman you should know. Yes. <laughs> thank you for listening to Women You Should Know with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram and Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you again for listening to Women You Should Know with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnutt.